human design is such an amazing tool to find alignment in our own lives. And I would argue that it's almost even a more powerful tool to like really find depth and connection in our relationships. Because I think whether it's understanding our kids, our colleagues, our boss, our partner, like it really just helps us like know how to navigate difference and know how to understand and support someone different than you. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. As you know, this show is all about exploring different ways we can understand ourselves better and elevate our lives and reach big goals. And so I love bringing in guests who can offer a different perspective, especially if they can immediately give you advice that feels really actionable and specific. And that's exactly how I feel about this episode with Erin Claire Jones, where we dive into something called human design, which if you're not familiar, it is a system of ancient wisdom combined with modern science that helps you understand your unique energetic makeup, as well as specific tools for living at your happiest, healthiest, highest potential. Think kind of astrology mixed with like the Enneagram, but times a thousand. And Erin uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and their highest potential. And her work as a guide, coach, and speaker has attracted a massive community. Press features in Forbes, Nylon, Welling Good, Mind Body Green, and so many more. And people turn to her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and deeper self-knowledge they can access to live with greater ease and authenticity every single day. And that's exactly exactly what she brought in this episode. So I'm super excited for us to dive in. And I will say, if you're somebody who considers themselves woo-woo or at least woo-adjacent, which is kind of how I identify, you're immediately going to love this episode. If you're more of a skeptic to this stuff, I'll just encourage you to be curious and have an open mind. I myself was skeptical about human design when I first heard about it, especially because the origin story, which we'll cover in this episode, is so crazy, but my personal experience with it has just been too accurate to deny. So I'm curious if you'll feel the same way. I don't want to spoil too much. There's so many good light bulb moments and so many good takeaways in this episode. So let's dive right in. Hello, Erin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to deep dive into human design. I mean, I say deep dive, but I also know there's so, so much to learn. So yeah. it's probably really just dipping a toe into like the we shallow like hundreds end. of hours for that, but, <laughs> but the most important stuff we'll explore. Yeah, perfect. And I believe you're actually my first guest on the show for human design, but I, it's something that I've been interested in, kind of dabbling in, doing a bit of research in for a couple of years now. And it's something that is so interesting and validating for me. And I've always also been someone that loves learning about myself. Like I love going into the Enneagram. I love going into like Myers-Briggs. I love personality tests. And I think I'm also someone who dabbles into the spirituality and the astrology and I love seeing where there's overlap or where they intersect and I find that all of those things though they're very different just always feel so validating and totally. kind of 
have given me a huge permission slip to like lean fully into how I express myself and how I kind of navigate in the world. So I'm excited to give people like yet another tool for that today. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's so amazing to have these like systems give us a language to like articulate things we've always felt about ourselves. And we're just like, oh, that is true. And it just gives us so much permission to step into it. I think with human design, I've discovered that I'm so rarely telling people anything new. I'm just giving them a language for like what they've always known. And they're like, oh my gosh, now I feel like so much permission to be myself as a parent in business and in life. So it is more than anything else, just like a giant permission slip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find that I give myself so much more grace too, because I previously maybe would see parts of my personality or my patterns as flaws versus them just being like part of kind of the package deal. And that's been hugely just like a a relief, honestly, over the years. Totally. I know we often just make ourselves so wrong for the things that make us us. And then human design articulates it. We're like, oh, that's actually our gift. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So we'll definitely dive into like the different types and give people again, kind of that crash course, but I would love to know what is your kind of origin story? What first got you interested in human design and then what caused you to become an expert instead of just, you know, you know, being an interest on for you personally? Yeah. I mean, it's a wild story. I think that I discovered human design in 2015. This was human design has really like become so popular in the past couple of years as it's, it's been the coolest thing to witness but it was not that way when I discovered it. It was like, you know, mystical, super out there, really niche. And I was living in New York City. I was at a gathering and I basically sat next to a stranger who asked to read my human design chart. I never heard of the system before, but I was curious, as I think many of us are, to be like, sure, what does it say about me? And he gave me this little mini reading and it was so resonant. I felt like such relief with all the things they share, but I also felt very called out because I was like, wow, mm, yeah. I am not giving myself permission to step into any of that. But he actually ended the conversation by saying, you know, Aaron, I think that you're meant to do this. And I think that we're actually meant to do this together. And he'd been studying human design for a decade. And so so my entry into human design was not simply a personal journey. It was like an invitation to study, to learn it, to build a business with this man. And, you know, I like I didn't jump in immediately. But as he started to really expose all the different layers of human design to me, I was so blown away. I was just like, this is making so much sense to me. And oh my God, does the world need this? And so it was, it's been a really wild journey since then. You know, I think that it was hard for the first couple of years because it was so new to people and like education on an entirely new system wasn't easy. And then starting, I think in 2018, I then started my own practice and it's been pretty wild and wonderful since then. But so, and I think what drew me to human design, I think why I said yes to it without knowing very much was that I've explored lots of mystical systems and non-mystical systems and ways of understanding ourselves, but I had never found anything as specific as human design or as actionable. I think that human design gives us all this juicy self-knowledge and then it gives us so many tools to actually actualize that in our own lives and like actually transform our lives. Yeah, it feels more tangible. 100%, you know? And I think that like, even though it feels very mystical, it is from our birth information, like I have found human design is accessible to like the most skeptical of people. Because they're just like, there's no way to explain this besides the fact that you've been like following me and like reading my journal. You know, they're like, there's just no way you can know. So it it came to me in a very kismet way. But I think that it just like, it just felt so true to me. And it felt so useful that I like, was kind of ready to drop everything and go after it, which is like, so 
I look back on that, I'm like, wow, I was brave back then, you know? But it's been, I just feel really lucky that the world is on the same wavelength as me because I think the first first couple of years I was like, what have I done? No one, yeah, no yeah. one sees it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were just a little early to the party. I was a little I early. You are definitely <laughs> catching up and the like cultural awareness or at least curiosity about it is definitely rising. And I'm going to have you explain like the origins of yeah. human and human design in a second, but I'll preface that by saying the origins of like how it came to be sound really far-fetched. Like, like if, if we're just being objective about it, but like you said, it's so detailed and it's so accurate that it's like, how can you deny totally. that it, that it's real? Right. And, and so I'll, yeah, I'll let you kind of explain how it came to be because to me, that's one of the most like mind blowing things and maybe feels validating to people who are really skeptical but also like I said it's just like how can you deny when it's so accurate and so in-depth I know I know I think that I think one thing I've really learned in my presentation and sharing of human design is that like I'm never trying to convince people of anything like I always present it and say this is pretty wild stuff like if it feels good and resonant like take it if it doesn't let it go and I think that that has allowed it in my experience to be like much more accessible to people. But you're right. The origins are totally nutty. And like, I think that I always acknowledge that, especially when I'm like coming into teams and more corporate settings and they're like, where to come from? I'm like, well, funny you ask, you know, so human design has been around since 1987. The founder's name was Ra Uhuru, who that wasn't his original name, but he renamed himself. And basically, he had a really mystical experience in Ibiza that kind of corresponded with some crazy astrological events. But he was walking home to his home one night, and he heard a voice, and the voice said, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he channeled all this information. And, and what that means is he just like received all this information from what felt like a totally different place. And then he spent the next 20 years building it out. And the way that he received it was like, this is like the only system of its kind. It brings together so much ancient wisdom and modern science, like the I Ching and the Kabbalah and the chakra system and astrology with like quantum physics and genetics and biochemistry to kind of give us this blueprint to how we operate. And so it's pretty wild, you know, and I think that like, and it was really, really niche for a long time. You know, it's really only in the past, like I said, I would say four years that it's become more mainstream and it's not even mainstream yet. But I think one thing I would just kind of follow that up with is that one question I always remind people is that like, I'm, I always remind people that like, I'm not trying to convince you whether it's true. And so the question is not like, is this true? And how can I prove it? But the question, question is like, is this useful? You know, and like, is it supportive? And I just find that a lot of people are like, Aaron, I don't want to believe you. Like, this is so crazy. I mean, mostly in the corporate settings, they say this, like, this is so far fetched. And they're like, but everything you're saying is so accurate and so liberating that like, I need you to tell me everything about me, about my kids, about my partner and about my team, you know? So like, I just think that like, I think that is less about like, is this true? Can we prove it? And more just like, is this useful? And I think at, at its foundational level, like human design gives us an amazing language and a framework to think about how we each operate and reminds us that we're all so wildly different. And the more we allow those differences, the more we understand those differences, the more flow we find in our work relationships in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So walk us through the process of how someone figures out what their human design is. Because if they are like in the car right now and they don't know their human design or maybe they're doing their laundry or whatever and they want to pause, like what is the process of figuring out your type and kind of the, the essential information? Yes. So definitely pull over your car. But I think that yes, I would look up, you can go to humandesignblueprint.com. You will need your time, date, and place of 
and then you enter that information and a, a wild looking chart will populate. It's not a very intuitive looking thing. You're not going to look it up and be like, oh, cool. I get it. You know? Yeah. I, oh, the first time I saw my chart, I was like, okay, like, I, I know nothing. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like so alienating for people. So a chart will populate. And what you want to look at is your type, your strategy, and your authority. Actually, no, you want to look at so many pieces, but start with their type, strategy, authority, you know? So how you best use your energy, how you best create opportunities, and how you best make decisions. So I, I would not worry about the picture at first and look more at those pieces. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. And, you know, I think a lot of people are really familiar with, okay, enter my birthday time location, like that's your zodiac, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are really familiar with that. How does human design differentiate from astrology, just pure like astrology, zodiac, big three kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the simplest answer is just like there are different systems, you know, like astrology does feed into human design, but you're not going to like look at your human design and be like, oh, like I see where it all comes from. And like astrologists don't look at human design charts and understand them. I don't look at natal charts and they don't make and, and understand them. So like, I think that like the information really supports each other, but they're really, really different, you know? And so, yes, that, that's kind of the briefest answer. I think that like, they are just like really different systems and astrology feeds into human design, but it's one of many pieces that do. Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. Love that explanation. So with human design, there are five types, mm -hmm. correct? And give us a quick rundown. Either someone just looked up their human design or they already knew it. What are kind of the defining characteristics of the five types? Yes. So type is the first piece to look into. It's a very, very important piece. And it's also just the first piece. So if like you and a partner are both manifesting generators, it doesn't mean you guys are the same. So we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Our type speaks to how we best use our energy as well as how to create the most aligned opportunities. So generators and manifesting generators, I'll actually just start with manifesting generators. Many people group those together, but manifesting generators are often like multi-passionate doers. Like you have such tremendous energy to build, create, and make things happen when you are so genuinely lit up and excited and satisfied by what you're doing. And I would say a big lesson for you is that your career might not look super, super linear. You might not be able to contain yourself in a one box or one passion. Like you are going to like pivot and shape shift and evolve and reinvent yourself as you go. What's important is kind of paying attention to where your energy wants to take you. Another big lesson for you is prioritizing your satisfaction. When you do what excites you, you have so much more energy and you're so much more magnetic. Manifesting generators are often very efficient, finding the quickest way to get from A to Z, but not necessarily in handling every single step along the way. So it's nice to have that good support around you. And boundaries are key because people are like, oh, you're so capable. Help me with all these things. And it's important for manifesting generators to be like, doesn't actually feel right in my gut. Not available for that. Not going to say yes just because I could. And you as a manifesting generator are meant to let things come to you. You're not really designed to chase or initiate anything. Like you're meant to wait for things to come to you and light up your gut before you go after them. Mm, yeah, that's a tough lesson because I feel like I, I don't know a ton, a ton about human design, but I feel like the kind of defining characteristics of manif manifesting generators also kind of incline you to be like goal oriented and like ambitious on, in that sense. And so then at least for me personally, it's been a tough balance to strike of like, okay, I see all of this possibility. I have all of these things that excite me, but also pushing and chasing is like not not the mode yes. to like make it all happen yeah. that has been a tough lesson yeah and it's just like you're and it, it's not easy but like your energy is so precious and it's often like 
not until a thing shows up in your world that you actually know whether you have the energy for it. And so it's basically just like, let me just wait for things to show up. Let me wait for it to like light up my gut and give this really like create this internal sense of expansion within me. And I would say once you get that gut feeling, like go for it, make anything happen, initiate, just like pursue the thing wholeheartedly. You just want to make sure that you're being moved into action by your gut and what you actually have the energy for and not what you think you should do. Mm-hmm. I it, I feel like it just requires such a level of like discernment and like curiosity to really fine tune like that, that inner knowing. And in case we didn't say this, I'm a manifesting generator. Erin, what are you? I'm a projector. Okay. Got it. I'm sure you'll tell us all about projectors as well. But anyone who's been listening to the show for a while or has been in like in my world for a while, you probably just heard that whole description. You're like, wow, that is Marie to a T. Like there's not a single thing that is like not accurate. I've pivoted so many times. I love so many different things. And when my energy is on, it's on. But if something's not aligned, it's like freaking like just such an uphill battle to like get myself to to engage with something that isn't aligned or isn't lighting me up. Yeah. And again, like maybe you're not going to be a hundred percent lit up by everything that you do, but like if you're primarily satisfied, that's the most important piece. And like you said, it's like when you're on and when your energy's on, like you actually, your energy ripples out and basically lifts up everyone around you. So it's like so beneficial to the world that you're lit up by what you're doing because we all benefit from that kind of buzzing bright energy. So generators are quite similar. Some people group these together, as I mentioned. Some differences are, you know, generators are really have this like very masterful, steadfast and committed energy. They might enjoy the step-by-step process a bit more, you know, they might not kind of want to pivot between all the different things. And if you're a generator and you're like, I love doing lots of things, I will never tell you not to do it. But you might find that like, it's useful to have like a day where you dive deeply into this and then a day where you dive deeply into this, you know, that kind of allows that depth and focus and commitment. But very similarly, like you have such a powerful energy to bring ideas to life when you're lit up by them. And so two big lessons for you are around prioritizing your satisfaction, treating that as very important and also around having strong boundaries. And your strategy, like Marie's, is basically around letting things come to you and waiting for things to spark your gut feeling before you go after them. And then we've got projectors. Projectors are really here to be teachers, guides, leaders, advisors, not here to do all the doing. So, so much of being a projector is knowing that your gift is not in how hard you work or how much you do, but it's really in your perspective and how you see. Projectors are often very innately sensitive to and wise about people, which make them natural leaders, coaches, CEOs, therapists, managers. They often love systems like human design because they love things that kind of help them understand how people work and how they can do things better. Their energy is often going to ebb and flow, so they are not meant to consistently do all day long. So kind of building space and rest and ease into their days is often really useful. And their strategy is about waiting to be invited in and recognized. So they are also not meant to chase, but they're actually meant to kind of wait for somebody to be like, hey, I love your perspective. I love how you see things. Like, I want you to share your guidance and energy here. You know, and I think that as a projector, I found that a little bit disempowering at first because I was like, how do I build a business? Like, how do I, you know, get clients? And I think that I've learned that my biggest job as a projector is not to initiate or chase, but to just make myself visible, to just let the world know that I exist, you know, and like allow that to kind of magnetize the right invitations and to know that like, just because I see something doesn't mean someone's ready to hear it. And so to wait for the invitation to let me know if someone's actually ready to receive my guidance or wisdom, because projectors like see a lot, but they just don't want to waste it on people that are not desiring to like hear what they see. Yeah, I'm sure 
that can maybe feel like invalidating or frustrating when you're like, I have so many things to tell you, but like they just can't be received right now. I know. And it's such a waste of my energy and theirs if I try to share it at the wrong time. So like I really see the invitation more than anything else as a tool to protect my energy and just let me know like when who's actually ready for me and when and how can I just really trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Then we've got manifestors. Manifestors are the disruptors, innovators, initiators, often really good at initiating and getting things started. Not really here to do all the doing themselves, like often the most gifted at like getting things off the ground and like at the beginning. They are people that thrive when they feel a real sense of freedom and autonomy and control in their life. They're not here to be told what to do, manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. And their energy can really operate in bursts where they can make a lot happen over the course of a couple hours, couple days, couple weeks. And they need to kind of pull back and take rest and wait for the next idea to emerge. And, you know, I said this briefly at the beginning, but like because their gift is initiating, like they're not really here to do all the doing themselves. So it's really good to like delegate and allow and support and help. And their strategy is about initiating. When they feel an urge or inspiration arise within them, they're meant to follow it, you know, even if they have no idea where it's taking them because they're really just here to do things differently and in their own way. And another piece of their strategy is just around keeping people in the loop. If they just like go initiate all the things and don't let people know, people can be quite resistant. But if they just a heads up and let them know what they're going to do before they do it, they might find a lot more ease in their relationships. And it's never about permission, just giving people a heads up. And then we've got reflectors, rarest type. These people are our collective mirrors, people that are deeply sensitive to their physical space, always taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so you get a really good sense of how a team is doing or company or community based on how that reflector is showing up. They are meant, yeah, so amazing to kind of know who the reflectors are around you. They are meant to be such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time in and with because they're taking in so much of that energy within themselves. And they're very fluid. They're going to have days where they feel like generators or manifesting generators or projectors or manifestors. And their job is never to be just one thing or show up in just one way, but honor whatever feels like them that day and know that it's all them. And they really have such a powerful perspective and way of seeing things. Like they just see, sense, and feel things that so many of us miss. And their opportunities really emerge in the most aligned way when they're in the right spaces, the right city, the right cafes, the right offices. And they're really kind of working with people that deeply see and treasure how unique they are and how valuable their perspective is. Mm, got it. Yeah, that's that's all I think so empowering. And I love that each one, like their energy is such a gift and yes. balances each other out, right? Like each, each other. one yeah. needs to exist. Yeah. But I heard, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about human design and they were saying that reflectors were a newer type is that is that correct that I think it was reflectors that one one type was oh projectors okay projectors like didn't exist before a certain time period yeah they didn't I are reflectors too you know I know that projectors are a newer type I would have to go back and see reflectors are as well yeah it's like projectors are a newer type and like it's just interesting you know there's such an evolution you know they're like more and more projectors these days but it's just like projectors offer us a very different kind of leadership I think that in historically, there's been a leadership that's very much like, I'm the boss, listen to me. And the projector way of leading is very much like, I am so tuned in to the people around me and I'm just going to like steward their energy towards success. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think it like kind of okay. represents a different need. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So 
explain to us the difference between, I think a lot of people wrongly categorize human design. And again, I'm not an expert, but, <laughs> but just for my dabbling, it seems like people wrongly kind of lump it into like a personality test. But really the, the type is about your energy and how you use your energy best. Can you kind of discern the difference between those things for us? I think my, the way that I would describe it is like, I think that it fits in the general category of personality tests, but it's like kind of like personality tests on steroids. I think what's very different is that when you take a personality test, which again, super useful, I love all these modalities, but you're answering questions and it's very like, I am diagnosing and assessing myself. Yeah, And it often is really dependent on why we're asking the questions, why we're answering Mm -hmm. the questions. Like, or how we want to perceive ourselves, 100%. like even if it's not accurate. Totally. Yeah. It's like, okay, am I applying for a job? Like what phase am I in? And it's just like, and often, like I said, in my own experience, I was not living my design before discovering my design, you know? So I don't know if I would have answered those questions. So I think that like, you know, personality tests are useful, but also so limited to how we see ourselves. And the magic of human design is that it really reveals kind of everything that we're conscious of and how we see ourselves, but also all these unconscious dynamics underneath the surface. And so it just gives us like a much fuller picture into who we are. And I think a lot of us are quite conditioned. You know, we just like grow up and we like feel like we should follow a path or do this thing, not because it's what feels true for us, but because like it's what others have done. And so I think human design really reconnects us to our authentic way of doing things and perhaps we're already living it and it just offers beautiful validation or it like really confronts us and reminds us that like we've been trying to be a thing that we're not and so I think in that way human design can serve a very different role and purpose than those other tests and I do think it reveals an additional layer of kind of all this unconscious stuff that we're not always aware of yeah yeah and it seems like there's all also just so much more room for uniqueness oh, yeah. like there I, I feel like there are endless, endless. combinations just of how all the things could work together yeah like I I look at my chart and I like there's several different shapes they're all arranged differently they have different like lines connecting each other some of them are colored in some of them are not some of the lines are colored in some of them are just shaded some of them are halfway some of them are all the way there are numbers right. there are like colored in numbers there are blank numbers and so there's just like so much to take in and I feel like there's probably odds are there's no two charts that are the same 100% and human design is not a thing where it's like oh my god we've got the same chart you know it's like maybe like yeah yeah. oh we have like Like, you're an Aquarius me too totally it's like it might be like we have a similar profile like if there's one piece of our human design but like every design is so different. It's so unique, you know, and that's the magic of human design is how specific it is, is that it really kind of dials into differences and specificities that we often don't have access to. So as a, this is just like a a curiosity question, but as a practitioner of human design, like how is it possible to even understand things so deeply that you can look at someone's chart and like fully understand what's going on at a glance? Like, I feel like there's just so much you must have a whole library of information in your brain. Yeah, I think that I do, you know, and like, <laughs> but I think it's taken time. Like, yeah. you know, I think that it's like, I've been doing this for eight years. I've sat with like many thousands of people. I've made tens of thousands of blueprints. You know what I mean? So like, I just like, I think that I've done it like at the beginning. I, and I, I just have finished teaching a whole 200 people to now share human design with the world. And it's been so interesting to be like, how can I like really teach them how to start? Yeah. Because like, I, I forget, so I forget the beginning, you know? And I think that yeah. like at the beginning I had to really kind of like aggregate all the information and kind of like, like just prepare myself. And then like at a certain point, the information just became so integrated within me that I look at a chart and like, I just like know what to share, 
you know, and it, and it's like a full picture, but it's, it's not a thing that I can explain because like, it's one of those things where it's like, you can look at the sky and you see stars, you know, but say you're like an astronomer and you know, all the constellations, you look at the sky and it's like, you see a different thing. And so like, I think human design has evolved to a point for me where I look at the chart and it's like, there's a story behind it, but that was definitely never the way that I saw it at the beginning. Sure. Yeah. That's super interesting. And I just am always like astounded by how much information there is. So that's always been like a, a selfishly curious question of just like, how do you learn all of oh that? Oh my God. I know. And I just like taught for three months and I was like, wow, did I give the students a lot of information? And my God, there's, there's so, still much, so more. much more. Yeah. 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 And so I want to talk about the blueprint books in a few minutes, but like I got my own blueprint book and it's like 63 pages long. Like that, that is dense. And I'm sure that's only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah, Like I know that that's just the, the beginning. And so it's super exciting as like a personal development junkie, like a self-awareness junkie. But I want to dive into a couple of the more like high level, categories or things to know. So what is the deal with strategy and inner authority, which are kind of the other two out of quote unquote, like the big three? Big three. Yeah. So strategy, we covered briefly in the type. So basically like the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is letting things come to you and waiting for things to spark your gut. Projector strategy is about being invited in. Manifestor strategy is about initiating and let keeping people in the loop. And reflector strategy, you know, I, I have a little bit of a different opinion. It's about like giving yourself time with decisions, but I think that's also their authority, but it's really around kind of putting themselves in the right spaces and with the people that really recognize them. Our authority is how we best make decisions. And this is like arguably one of the most important pieces of human design because like we're just making decisions all the time. And human design lets us know how to make decisions in a way that isn't super like mental, rational, cognitive, and is like a bit more just connected to a deeper knowing within us. So there are seven possibilities. You want me to kind of briefly go through them just to give people a taste. So just, you know, briefly, like, for example, you are, I believe, a sacral or trust your gut authority basically means that when it comes to decisions, you're meant to trust your gut feeling in the moment. As soon as you get a full bodied yes, go for it. No need to wait. No need to slow down. Like your gut knows anything but that, not the time or not the thing. Your gut never comes with a reason, you know? So if you find yourself saying, I think that I should do this because maybe it will take me to this place, not your gut. Your gut is like, feels right, doesn't, don't know why. Trust it, I'll find out why later. And it's really, really useful for people to ask you specific questions. Like, hey, do you want to go here or here, do this or this? Because that allows you to kind of bypass your mind and drop you straight into your gut. Yeah. Is that oh, clear that for you? Yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll get to the authority piece in the blueprint. I think it's it's just like <laughs> nice to kind of be reminded of that. So the other ones, there are emotional authorities or wait for clarity, I call them. They are meant to sleep on things and feel into things before they say yes. So for the bigger decisions, like taking a beat, whether it's a day, two or three, to really confirm that their excitement sustains over time. They're not really meant to jump into things on an emotional high or low. There are people called splenic or tune into your intuition authorities, and they are basically meant to be super spontaneous in their decision making and make decisions like kind of quickly based on their intuition in the moment. It's not a gut feeling. It's more like an intuitive like hit, like a whisper, a voice they hear, tingles they feel like, and it's super, super quiet. And so often time alone and space away from others is a really beautiful way to connect to it. So that's more of like an internal hearing versus an internal feeling yeah you're not like your body's not like i my body like the gut is like my body wants to go there like i'm getting pulled towards that thing or like ooh, i feel so uncomfortable 
intuition is like, it's just like a, it's not even placed in a body part, you know, it's more just like, there's just like a resonance or not. It's like tingles, like kind of an icky and unease or like a kind of excited energy, but it really is so like specific to the individual. There are ego or tune into your willpower authorities, which is all about kind of making decisions based on whether or not they feel like they really have the willpower to make something happen, whether they feel motivated by it, whether their heart's in it. Basically, when their heart's in it, they can do anything. And it's important for them to feel really well taken care of in their decisions, for them to be like, I have so much I'm giving and I'm so powerful and I'm receiving so much in return, like to have that clear exchange. There are self-projected or talk it out decision makers, and they are basically meant to say things out loud and process with people they trust and kind of see what comes out of their mouth. It's often by saying things out loud that they're like, ooh, that feels really good. Let's do it. You know, there are mental, none, talk it out, be in the right space, all the same for projectors is another authority. They are also meant to talk things out, but also they're super, super sensitive to their physical space. So it's often good to talk things out in a few different spaces to kind of see what feels good. Super rare. I think about like 2% of the population have that one. And then the final one is a reflector. Reflectors are meant to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. It's of course not always feasible to give yourself that much time. But I think what's important for reflectors is that they really make decisions at their own pace and in their own timing and not based on like anyone else's pressure or urgency. And often they kind of just need time and space to talk things out and to kind of really disentangle what's not theirs from what is. Mm. Okay, got it. And that makes, based on what you said about projectors, that actually makes sense. The Which one? Or reflectors? Uh, sorry, yeah, reflectors. What you said about reflectors and them kind of having many, like, yes. yeah, many different inputs and, like, right. ways of showing up. That makes complete and sense. And so that means, that, and, that's, and that's why their decision-making is that, like you said, because they're able to kind of sample a decision from all those different parts of themselves to, like, land in, like, oh yeah, like throughout all those different expressions, it continued to feel right. And I know that I'm here to move forward with it. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. Okay. Amazing. And so where else should people go after they understand their type, their strategy, their inner authority? Because there's so so Sound many left. other directions. I know. Yeah. Like I know. Where, where do we focus next? <laughs> I would say the two pieces I would recommend diving into next. One is the profile. This is basically a weird fraction looking number. There are 12 possibilities. And then another piece that I would look at is something called your undefined or open centers, which are the shapes in your design. You'll see that there are nine shapes, the ones that are white, because those are basically the areas where you are the most sensitive to other people and can get the most easily taken off track. So they're not always the most fun pieces to dive into, but they totally can be. But they often like will reveal perhaps why you've been experiencing some resistance and it will kind of help you know like how can you tap into the, like the gift of your sensitivity and like really know how to kind of leverage all this potential wisdom in your design and learn the lessons you're meant to. Okay. Amazing. And as you're going through these, like the types and the strategies and the authorities, I immediately start thinking about like, oh, I know someone like this or oh, totally. I think my partner is this. And so how can we then use human design in our relationships and our careers and like better understanding other people or what have you seen in your practice of using that within dynamics? Yeah. I mean, it's such a great question because like human design is such an amazing tool to find alignment in our own lives. And I would argue that it's almost even a more powerful tool to like really find depth and connection in our relationships. Because I think whether it's understanding our kids, our colleagues, our boss, our partner, like it really just helps us like know how to navigate difference and know how to understand and support someone different than you. I think so often friction emerges when we want people to be like us or different than what they are. 
and human design very much like this is this person's operating system and this is how you can best support them. And so like, I've just seen it be so transformative. I, I sit with so many couples and it's just like, often they're like, there's so much friction because they're like, why are you not more like me? And then like, I pop in as a stranger and they're like, oh my God, like we've been just like trying to be the same and we're so different. And like, what a gift it is to be different. And I've seen teams struggle so much when like a CEO or manager is expecting their team to be like them. And then they really understand their uniqueness of, of each member and they learn how to like leverage that. Same with parenting. So it is such an amazing relational tool and human design gives us so many practical tools to know how to best support individuals and be themselves. And it really, like you said at the beginning, like how cool that each type has a different gift. I just think that the more we understand our differences, the closer we be, together we become, you know, because we're just like, oh my God, what a gift it is to be around you. You're so different than me. And like, I get to experience all these new things. So I think human design really reminds us how much we need each other, you know, and how connected we can feel when we stop trying to be the same. Mm-hmm. I'm actually so excited to have my team all tell me what oh God, types they are to, because yeah. that, like I have seen as I've built the team running my business, like how valuable it is that we're all so different because if my team consisted of people just like me, it would not work. <laughs> like, like I need them to be completely different for me. Otherwise we're all existing in chaos. Like, like we're just all, we're all in chaos. And so I'm really excited to see what their types are. And I think that's going to be a really useful tool for us, but how can someone know maybe some red flags, if you will, that they're not living in alignment with their human design? Like if they don't necessarily know all the details yet, but they, they have a hunch that maybe I'm, maybe I'm this thing, but I'm not living that way. How can someone tell? Well, there honestly, there's so many pieces that could reveal that. I would say probably the simplest piece to talk about now is based on the type because every type will have a signature that reveals when they're off track and one that reveals when they're on track. And so generators and manifesting generators, if they're off track, what they will often feel is a sense of frustration. And it's not like momentary frustration. It's like, I feel consistently frustrated. I feel resentful. I feel dissatisfied. Like I'm going to bed. I'm like, I don't think I've used my energy in ways that feel really good. And so like, if there's a consistent sense of frustration, it basically is a signal that something needs to shift and there needs to be a course correct. Whereas to be super aligned as a generator or manifesting generator is to feel deeply satisfied. Yeah. You go to bed and you're like, so satisfied, so fulfilled, so delightfully spent, sleep so well. Projectors to be off track is bitter really often rooted in a sense of like no appreciation or recognition. It's like, I have so much to share and see and no one's asking me, you know, and to be on track is success. And that of course can manifest as material success. But I would say most importantly, it's like, I just feel so cherished for who I am. I feel so appreciated. So recognized manifestors to be off track is anger. That often is rooted in a sense of like disempowerment. Like they're not in control in the ways that they know that they're meant to be. They don't feel like a lot of freedom or peace or like autonomy, whereas a sense of being on track is peace. It's like, I can do what I want when I want to do it. I can do it in my way. I have time and space to pull away and be alone. So, and then the final one is for reflectors to be off track is disappointment. It is often a signal of kind of being in the wrong spaces with the wrong people, taking the wrong energy, trying to like be like others when they're not. And a sense of on track, which is maybe my favorite one is to surprise they basically are just like so surrendered to life and like so open to like whatever life wants to give them. Like it's a sense of like play and 100%. Kind of surrender and the, and joy. Yeah, yeah, it's not like I'm going to be this thing and follow this path. It's like what wants to come out of me today? Like who do I want to become? Like, And it's just kind of this trust that they are so vast in how they're here to express themselves. And so to have such curiosity around what part of them wants to come out. Mm. It's cool because I can – 
I can relate to feeling all of those things at one point or another, but like the one for my type is just like, I feel it so deeply, like like a core in my body. I can like feel exactly what you're describing where all those things are like, yes, human experiences, but the one that's mine, it's different. It's different. It is. And I think that's like, it's such a beautiful way of describing it. Like what you said, because I think that again, it doesn't mean that I don't feel frustrated or angry or things, but it's like the bitterness is such a core thing where it's like, it's just like, it's such a signal. It's a signal that like, this might not be the right place for me. And the right might not be the right use of my energy. And so it's a really good, and again, it's not a thing to avoid. It just basically is a tool to use to bring you back on track when perhaps you've fallen off because we all do in some way or in some form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that we talked about was make, or something that I've seen you talk about as well separately, like on Instagram and things like that is making decisions as like your true self and your not true self. And we've also talked about what our different strategies are and how we can like use intuition, use that inner knowing. But for people that hear that and maybe it's not resonating or they can't quite put their finger on what that looks or feels like, can you give us a little like high level explanation of how we know whether something's like intuition or genuine resistance or fear or just like leaving our comfort zone? Because I know my listeners are all like ambitious, you know, women who want to create amazing lives and like attract abundance, but that requires like discomfort that requires like getting curious that requires doing new things. And I think sometimes we have a hard time discerning, like, does this feel hard because it's new or scary or does this feel hard? Cause it's like not meant for me. Yeah. I think, well, honestly, what's challenging about human design and what's magical is that like, it's so specific. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, I like can't tell you what our intuition as a collective feels like because it comes through in such different forms for each of us. I think one thing that I can generalize around is that none of us are meant to make decisions from our mind. And so like, it requires a lot of courage for all of us. Like what our decision making lets us know in human design is what the right next step is. It will not tell you like in five years, it will lead to this <laughs> thing. The map really. It's yeah. more just like leave this thing, say yes to this thing. And so like, And it's so scary, you know? And so, and I think like a real marker when we're not listening to that is when we're in our heads and we're creating reasons around it, you know, where it's like, you know, if I think about how I entered into human design, like there was a real knowing I slept on it, which was my authority. It felt right. But like, if I got in my head, I'd be like, this is a stranger. Like this system might just like be like such a crock. Like who knows, you know, like this is, I'm dropping a lot of things to do this. Like I could have so easily convinced myself out of it. But in a moment like that, like my body just knew a thing that I could not explain, you know? And so I think the kind of like general wisdom for us all is that like when you, we, our minds are so powerful that we can convince ourselves in or out of anything. And so tapping into a deeper knowing is key. And like, and I think people often know, like when I have conversations, like they can talk around a bajillion things, but like when we really get down to it, it's like they know in their bodies whether they should say yes to a thing or not, like. And so, but I think human design helps us really dial in on like, are we choosing from a place of trust and courage and like authenticity? Or are we choosing from a place of like fear and doubt and control and all the things? So it's totally unique to the individual, but like it never comes with a reason and all you get is the right next step. No, that's super helpful. And that's something that like is something we can all kind of attach to in our own way and like lean into that because it's so easy to like logic yourself out of something that internally you know feels right or wrong or aligned or not aligned or whatever but then you try to rationalize the decision and it just 
talks you out of things like I'm planning my wedding right now. And today my wedding planner was literally like, Marie, what is your gut feeling about this venue? And I was like, I, I think I love it, but like, it wasn't my original vision. So like, I'm having a hard time like com- committing totally. to this because it doesn't make sense based on what I thought that I wanted. And she's like, but you have to trust your gut. And like, mm-hmm. she, like, she has no idea what my human design is or anything, but it just goes to show that like we getting in our own head just gets in the way, but Every it's time. so easy to do. I mean, we all do it, you know? Yeah. It's just nice to become yeah. aware of it. So we're like, oh, I see what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Amazing. So tell me more about the Blueprint book experience because I alluded to that earlier, but I don't think anyone, unless they already knew you, is aware of like what's possible when they fully understand their blueprint. Yeah. So one of our core offerings is something called the Blueprint book. And it basically, I would say, is the best place to get started. It is a 55 plus page guide all about your unique design. So no two are the same. It's totally personalized to you. It walks you through everything we talked about today and so much more. I think my intention in delivering human design is not to be super jargony and more to make it like super empowering and practical. So like whether or not you're familiar with human design, like you're being given a a manual about you and how you operate best, you know? And so it's not to teach you human design. It's to just like help you know everything you need to know about your unique design to find more flow in your life. And that's at humandesignblueprint.com. I'm happy to create a discount code for your audience if you would like. I think we might already have one. So we'll put that in the Whatever it is, we'll put it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Exists. And so, yeah, so that's a really great place to get started. I think it's just like, and it's really nice to have like a book all about you and have it really be a resource that you can keep returning to. Mm -hmm. I love that because when I first discovered human design and it really intrigued me, I think I got like a course or some sort of like guide on it and it went through all of the types and all of the strategies and all of the authorities and it became so like too much overwhelming and inaccessible feeling to me because I was like I just want to know about me but this is so much to sift (laughs) through and so when I saw that you have the blueprint books I was like the easiest like buy button of my life because I was like oh finally someone's just gonna tell me me, like what's important for me (laughs) and we all love learning about ourselves yeah I think like there are people that want to learn all the things about human design and like we've created courses for that. And I get it. I'm one of those people, but most people are not going down that rabbit hole. They want to know what they need to know about their design to like live the most aligned life and what they need to know about their partners and kids and team. And so like, I think the blueprint book is very much designed for that. Yeah. I'm already also thinking about, I'm like, I want to buy it for this person for Christmas yeah. and this oh God, person for this I know they will love it too. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm biased of course, but like the, it, the holidays are such a crazy time for us because like everyone just like gives their whole family and their whole team and their whole, their partners and their kids blueprint books for Christmas. And it's so cute because it's like such a fun activity. They really kind of explore together. Like, Oh, how can we best support each other? Right. And selfishly, I want to like understand everyone better. And like, I think it's amazing. Okay. Amazing. I know that this is just going to be like such a either initiation and like spark for people to dive deeper or a really great like return back to, I don't want to say practice, but kind of is a practice of their own human design. So where can they find you? We already talked about where they can get their blueprint book, but feel free to remind them where can they dig deeper? Of course. So I share a lot on Instagram, both at Erin Claire Jones and also at Human Design Blueprint. And then if you want to get your blueprint book, you can at humandesignblueprint.com. If you're like, I'm obsessed, I want to go all in. We just finished a live course or our last class is tomorrow, but we'll be launching a non-live version, which is going to be amazing. So I believe 
by end of year TBD. So that will either be on humandesignblueprint.com or erinclairjones.com. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Erin. This has been extremely enlightening and interesting. I'm excited to like go binge read my blueprint. Oh my God. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.